Hi, and welcome to the Northridge Vineyard Evening Community Podcast. We're a church community in Sydney, Australia, who are passionate about pursuing God together and seeing the world changed by His love. We hope this message challenges and inspires you. For more talks and other resources, please visit our website, www.northridge.org.au. It's such a privilege to come and to be here and to chat together and to look at the scripture together. Um, And I'm glad that we're family and I'm glad that we're people who are about seeing the redeeming work of God in all situations, including our relationships. And in this next series that Chris introduced, that's what we're looking at. We're looking at what does it look like to have a culture of peace within our communities and how do we help build that to be peacemakers ourselves. And we know that that's something that is the heart of God. And we know too that that's um, it's not easy, right? When I say the word conflict to you, does anyone just go, yeah, I'd love a bit more of that in my life? <laughs> it's, yes, that's it, my friend. So we would like to reframe the idea of conflict, even though, to be honest, still within me, I go, oh, it's not something I don't, I don't think I'm ever going to say that I'm really good at dealing with conflict. It's just always going to be a learning process for me, but I'm willing to be in that learning process and be a lifelong learner, right? So um, we can see conflict as an opportunity rather than a disaster. And so that's something that we want to talk a little bit about one aspect of that tonight. So in 25 minutes, it's not going to be a conclusive discussion about how we deal with our conflicted relationships in our life. It's going to be a look at one aspect of what often happens when we're in relationships that have conflict in them. I do want you, if you would... To just think, I'm not going to ask you to share what it is with anyone, but could you think of a relationship where you feel right now there's some unresolved conflict? Because we're going to privately bring that to the Lord tonight and and consider, because we do want to be self-reflective. I think when we're people who love God, we want to be people who are also self-reflective and bring everything within us to him. So um, could I just set the scene by saying we start with worship because we want to bring our hearts to the Lord and to glorify him. And so I just want to read just a little bit from Psalm 98. We have sung, it says, Sing to the Lord a new song, for he's done marvellous things. His right hand and his holy arm have worked salvation. And I'd like to remind us tonight that whatever situation you're in, we can bring it to the Lord and we can keep believing that God is at work in that place. Even if you might have given up on it, God has not. Uh, We also did talk last week about the fact that there are some times where it is not possible and it's actually not appropriate to reconnect with someone where there has been a conflicted situation And um, an example I could give is I do chaplaincy for women who've been impacted by someone's imprisonment. And sometimes because of the type of abuse that has happened in their home that has led to that person's imprisonment, it will never be appropriate for them to be um, 
even in the same place again necessarily, but there still can be a process that we go through in our heart before the Lord that is our work that we can do. So this is about the work that we can do in our heart, this part. Um, and I do want to just say to you, you know what? Conflict can look a little bit like this, can't it? Where do I aim it? Aim it up the back. Oh, great. I'm learning how to use the clicker at the same time. <laughs> if only conflict resolution looked as easy as this is what I'd like to start to say. And for those playing at home, it's a toilet roll. One's placed one way and one's placed the other. And I just think, can't every... This is me. Can't everyone have exactly what they want just all the time and then no one would need to fight? So I kind of go, that's where I go. However, in most cases, friends, it looks a little bit more like we feel like someone has to win and someone has to lose. And people stand in their corners and really, if, if we're entirely honest, we're thinking we're so right that to say we might move to the other person's side, but, you know, if we did that, then we'd both be wrong. So we refuse to go down in the third quarter and we stand in the corner, right? You will know that we either fight or go to flight in mostly that's it's one of the other extremes that we go to and what we're looking at is what we can what can we do that would be more in between which is looking for reconciliation and working together the reality is in most of these situations we need someone to say to us at times would you just slow down because speeding through anything relational and fighting from our own corners like this says often um, destroys lives. And you will have known that. Where people don't really listen, they're just thinking about what the next thing they want to say in their argument is. But if we're really honest, have we not done that ourselves? So a lot of it is about slowing it down, listening to what's happening for us, but listening to what's happening for the other person as well. So I do want to remind you, and I do want to give an advertisement right now for PeaceWise. So we've been doing the training here at Northridge Vineyard, and you will see very soon there'll be another opportunity to come and do a training day. But we have found this a really useful set of tools that's been developed by a group of lawyers originally who just went, my goodness, all these things that are coming to court, why do they end up here? If people just had some good tools that they could use, they could probably work through conflicted situations and um, see an outcome that would be much more redeeming than where many situations were heading. So there's a book called Peace, Peace Matters and um, the courses you'll see coming up online soon. But this is the framework that we're looking at learning that conflict can be an opportunity for these reasons. It can glorify God. It can serve others as we learn how to work together towards reconciliation. And it can help us grow up as we learn more about what is happening in our hearts. And tonight, that is where I want to sit. More with the third one. What is happening in our hearts? And how can we grow up a little bit more? 
I want to grow up before I grow old, and I hope you do too. There are some verses in Scripture, there are many, many, but I've just taken a few just to remind us that actually God really cares about what's happening in our hearts, and He wants us to stop and listen and to examine our hearts. In Psalm 26 too, this is David really asking the Lord to test him and try him and examine his heart and mind. In Proverbs 4.23, it says, Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. In Matthew 6.21, For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And Matthew 15.34, The heart speaks what the heart is full of. So... Sometimes we discover in conflict what it actually is helping us see and an opportunity that we personally have to reflect on about what's going on in our hearts is the fact that we have developed some idols. And I wanted to read to you from James. It's a passage you may know. Um, and this is where we're going to sit for a little bit. So if I could just read a chunk of scripture to you. And maybe you could just sit now and think about that situation that you have that I asked you to hold on to and maybe just um, think about what's been happening in my heart about this situation. James says there's two kinds of wisdom. Who is wise and understanding? We're looking at chapter 3, verse 13. Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show it by his good life, by deeds done in the humility that comes from wisdom. But if you harbour bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, don't boast about it or deny the truth. Such wisdom does not come from heaven. It's earthly, unspiritual, of the devil. But where you, for where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you find disorder and every evil practice. But the wisdom that comes from heaven, it's, first of all, it's pure. Then peace-loving. It's considerate. It's submissive. It's full of mercy and good fruit. Impartial and sincere. Peacemakers who sow in peace raise a harvest of righteousness. What causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? You want something, but you don't get it. You kill and covet, but you cannot have what you want. You quarrel and you fight. You do not have because you do not ask God. When you ask, you do not receive it because you ask with the wrong motives that you may spend what you get on your own pleasures." Wow. You know what, James also talks about not looking at ourselves and walking away and then just forgetting, right? So what we want to do now is to take a look at ourselves, if you would. And I really want to say at this point, every single one of us sitting here is loved by God. Our identity is held in him. And so what we're talking about tonight is the fine tuning that we can do in life to 
honestly reflect a little bit on our own hearts and our own attitudes, and it takes a certain amount of humility to do that. And I wonder if you would love yourself as God loves you as we do this process as well. There are desires that battle within us that cause us to want to fight and dig our heels in and say what I think is right and you're wrong, basically, in the simplest form. It doesn't look It doesn't look like the things that God is wanting to build into our hearts about being peacemakers, about being considerate with each other, about being full of mercy. Some of these things that we experience, and all of us, every single person in this room, including me, will have experienced these things, and that's why we need to be kind with ourselves and with each other as we do this journey. All of us will have had desires that have been based on fear. And we can be frightened of losing something, of being rejected, of losing control. There are lots of things we can be frightened of that can fuel our desire for something. Or it can be misplaced expectations or trust of self, of things, unrealistic expectations of other people. Or it could be cravings. And cravings is fear turned inwards, basically. Things that you think you absolutely have to have to be okay. And all of these things can take the place that God should have in our hearts. And therefore, we could call them idols. James says these desires battle within us And they're revealed in conflict. They're brought to the surface. And if we have the courage, we could look at them and identify them for what they are. It takes humility and honesty to do that in our lives. To discover these idols and to recognise the way they have taken God's place in our heart. But most of us will have recognised, probably not in ourselves, but I can pretty much guarantee we've recognised it in other people, and therefore I can say pretty confidently it's happened for all of us, and we could recognise it in ourselves if we're willing, that we have this desire that comes. And then the first step is we seem to... Our first response is we want to demand. We want to demand something to change or to be done or for our own way to be seen and heard and happen. The next thing that happens as we move down the slippery slope from our desire is that we have all these negative emotions that start happening. But then what can happen with that as well if we don't start to learn how to read our hearts and to bring our hearts to God and to to listen earlier in the process is that we start to judge other people in our hearts and then by our behaviour we punish them and it depends where you sit so if you're someone who sits on the I retreat and 
fly away. I try and fly as far away as I can from conflict. When conflict happens, the punishing will probably be the silent treatment. Or, um, no, that's all fine, you know, I don't, I don't need to talk about that anymore. I've dealt with all of that. We don't need to revisit that. But actually, still, internally, you're judging them. Or the fight one would be standing your ground and demanding more things and, um, and not listening to the other person's perspective at all. And in different situations, so we can swing between the two, actually. Sometimes we, we want to get out of there, and other times we want to fight, depending on what the situation is. So it's not that we consistently even respond in one way. Depends on the circumstance. Page is stuck. What we can do, though, as we feel those feelings coming up within us, the question we can first ask ourselves is what's my contribution? What's happening in me? What's my part in this conflict? It's recognising the log in our own eye, as the scripture says, before we go and try to take the speck out of someone else's eye. That's the idea. And we really can feel strong emotions in conflict that make us want to rush to react in one way or the other. And I would really encourage you to stop and ask yourself some things about those emotions that you're feeling. And if you can think about the situation that you think that's a place I've had conflict, if you could think now even about some of the emotions that you feel related to that, could you ask yourself some deeper questions about what those emotions are trying to tell you? Are they trying to tell you that you're actually really frightened about something? Are they trying to tell you that you have a desire that's there? Are they trying to tell you that you're feeling like you're craving this has to be a certain way to be okay? And if that's the case, could you ask yourself too, is there a deep-held value that you feel like is being challenged here? Is there something within you that if you really thought about it, you could say, you know, this feeling that I'm feeling, the way I want to respond in this situation is not who I would be on my best day. But we have to slow things down a lot to get to that point. This is not being my truest self. This is not if I go down this path that I'm feeling pulled right now to respond rapidly to, would not be considered considerate, peace-loving, impartial, sincere seeking a harvest of righteousness. Is it in fact an unhealthy idol that we're holding on to? So here are some of the questions that I thought we could ask ourselves that we'll just say again that I've covered in a way now. If it's fear, cravings or misplaced trust, if it's a fear, what are you most frightened of? What you, would you be willing to risk to prevent that fear becoming a reality? Cravings, the question you could ask yourself is, what do you want so much that you feel you cannot behold without it? And misplaced trusts or expectations, 
what would happen if in this situation you were wrong? The great thing is, right early on, and quicker and quicker once we learn how to do this more, we can put God back into the picture. And recognising our contribution means learning how to ask others for forgiveness with good, sincere apology. It can also mean that we have an opportunity to build our trust in God, to confess and receive God's loving forgiveness for ourselves. So the biggest part of looking at these things that we've spoken about is saying, let's stop now and just say, if I recognise my contribution here has actually been that I really, honestly, I've been frightened of something. And, and it may be appropriate that you even speak with the person about that and say, you know what, I reacted that way in the first place because I was frightened of this or that. And you bring that with an apology that's sincere. And sincere apologies only reflect your heart. It's not choosing the opportunity to blame the other person for what's happened. A sincere apology doesn't have if, but, and maybes in it. Um, and that's something in PeaceWise that we look at and we practice because most Australians do not give good apologies. They, and, and when someone gives a half apology, it doesn't really count for anything, to be honest. You can see through it pretty quickly and just see it as a brushstroke over a situation rather than a sincere presentation of someone's heart. It can also mean that we build trust with our loving God and we can go to him for forgiveness. So I wonder now, in this next little while, has has anyone been able to think of a situation in their heart where they think, yeah, I know what conflict means. You can even go back over a situation that you feel has, has been resolved, where there's been reconciliation. But is there something that you could bring to mind if you put your hand up and say, yes, I can think of something right now? Would that pretty much cover everybody to think, yeah, there's something that I feel like in my life I could think about in terms of working on with God? Okay, then... Um, what I'd like us to do is just to take a moment, if everyone's got a pen, if you've got a journal already or something that you're writing in, that's fine. Or you could pull out your phone and write these notes in. If you need paper and a pen, you can put your hand up and fill. We'll come around with the pens that are in my bag and some little pieces of paper. I would like you... I would like us all to take a bit of time to think about what in our hearts, if we reflected on it, are the things that might, um, might have been in that situation, a fear, a craving or a misplaced trust or something else that you, another way you might choose to describe your contribution. So it might be as simple as saying, um, you have a, when you're, when you're really tired at night and someone asks anything of you, you feel like you've got nothing left 
and you're, you know, it might be as simple as saying, I have, I don't want anyone else to have any expectations of me after 10 o'clock at night. That might be your, your thing. Whatever it is that you look back on the situation and think, well, that was, that was my part that I could own in it. Do you feel like that we could just do that for five minutes and have a think about that? If anyone's stuck or... Does anyone need pen and paper from Phil? No? Okay. Well, I'm just going to pray for us as we do this. So, Lord Jesus, I thank you. I thank you for this moment to stop and to think. And we're asking you, Lord, to help us to look into our own hearts. And often the things that we place as idols or strong desires that are within us are the things that come up and battle and rage against us when we find ourselves in relational conflict. And we're asking you would gently show us what they are, Lord, because we want to be able to give them to you tonight. And we want to ask for your help tonight. And Lord, we all have them. None, none of us, except Jesus, <laughs> have been free of these sort of battles. All of us have experienced conflict in relationship at some time. So, Lord, help us now. We'd ask that your Holy Spirit would kindly and gently speak to our hearts. Thank you, Lord. Okay. I have just realised this side of the room couldn't read everything that was up on the screen. So I hope that still all made sense to you. <laughs> um, I didn't realise there's only one screen working. Now, I wonder if you can take what you have written and if... Um, and again, I just felt like tonight is something that's really between us and God. There are... And, and you can choose at the end, I'm going to leave some time, because it does also say in scripture there's something really wonderful about confessing things with each other and praying together. And, um, and we can do that. I, I think of confession as something that, um, you know, I think we take these words out of scripture and set them separately as if, okay, you've, you've got to... Pick someone who knows nothing about you and then tell them um, all the things that you think you've done wrong in your life. And I don't really read that concept of confession in that way in the scripture. They, the disciples and the people who loved Jesus, who were followers of Jesus, lived life really closely together. And it's a sense of, you know what, we have shared all of life, the highs and the lows and We've been with each other in the thick and the thin. And the, the idea there is with someone who has that type of a friendship with you, there's a real blessing in saying, you know, I have trusted you in so many other ways and I know I can trust you with this part of my life to tell you it's not going well here, that this is the thing that I'm struggling with right now and that no one has to be alone in a deep struggle but it can be put in context of a whole life that matters a great deal that, so that that confession can be held with a great deal of compassion. 
Um, you may not see it that way, but that's how I would see it. So I would encourage you and um, that if you're here tonight with someone you feel like you would like to have pray for you personally and you would like to, in a sense, to be honest and say this is something that has been really hard for me relationally in a particular situation and have them pray for you, then I'd encourage that. If you would entrust that to Jan or Chris or Phil and myself, um, we'll stay behind here and um, we would be with you in that. But right now, I just wonder if we can put our hands over our hearts and just quietly in our own heart before the Lord. Um, I'll say a prayer and then I'll leave a space for you to say a prayer to bring whatever it is that you feel like has, has that you recognise or the Lord has shown to you has been something that um, has been a contribution to how you've responded in a conflict situation and you would like to say, yeah, that has been something that really has taken a place in my heart where God should be. I'd like God to change that. I would like for more of these things where the wisdom that comes from heaven is pure, peace-loving, considerate, full of mercy, where there'd be good fruit that would come, where it's sincere, where you would be known as a peacemaker who sows peace and sees a harvest of righteousness. Yeah? So let's just place our hands on our hearts. Lord Jesus, I really want to thank you that um, because we know that above all else, you love us. I thank you, Lord, that we can in every way always be um, pointing ourselves towards you, facing you, Lord. And as we do that, you are already running full of love to us before there is any word of apology on our lips, you are running to hold us and tell us how much you love us. And Lord, right now, there have been, as we've examined our hearts and the Holy Spirit has helped us to do that, there's things that we've discovered that um, are ways that we contribute negatively in places of conflict as they come up. We've all had conflict and we'll have it again, Lord. And we want this to be an opportunity for us to grow in you. So, Lord, we're giving our hearts to you. We're naming what it is. We've asked ourselves questions. And where there's been fear or craving or misplaced trust in self or wrong expectations of self or others, Lord, we're giving that to you right now and asking you, Lord, to help us to come and fill us, Holy Spirit, and for you to come and take up your place in that part and to place this thing, this desire that has battled in conflict that we have now seen exposed to be dismantled and set aside. And Lord, we welcome you to take up your place there, that we would only worship you. So why don't you take some time just quietly in your heart to name what that is and to ask in your own words in your heart between you and God for his help and forgiveness.
So, Lord Jesus, we thank you. We thank you that you know all of us and our confession to you tonight is held with compassion and such love. And we welcome you now to take up the complete throne of our heart, Lord Jesus, in every way. And, Lord, we welcome your Holy Spirit to build within us peace that we could bring as peacemakers a culture of peace within our community. Holy Spirit, we ask that we would be considerate. We ask that we would be full of mercy. We ask that we would see good fruit from tonight. We ask that we would be sincere. We ask, Holy Spirit, that you would sow within us and between our relationships with you and with each other and in our families, where we study, where we work, that we would be people who would know how to sow peace and to see a harvest of righteousness. We give ourselves to you, Lord Jesus. And we say that you are our joy, that you are our treasure, that there's nothing better than you. In Jesus' name, amen.